ahead and be seated. And ushers, if you want to go ahead and serve the people, we've got some announcements. If you've never attended our First Steps classes taught by Pastor Cheeto, make sure you sign up for them. If you're married or engaged to be married, make sure you check out our Marriage Awakenings happening the last Friday of every month. Check Facebook for more details. If you're interested in keeping up with all that Elevate Life Church is doing, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Last week, if you were here, we started a new series called Game Changer. And as I described to you, it's, it's, many of you might not be familiar with that term, but it is a term that many people use when something comes into their life that changes the way things are going. A coach would use it and say a player, he's a game changer. Or a new idea, a new coaching strategy is a game changer for a team. So if you're in a game and you're losing, you can apply that thing and it's a game changer. Everybody say game changer. Well, the word of God is a game changer in our lives. And not only just the word, but the revelation of the word, the revealed word of God is a game changer. And many people make the mistake that just because they know something, that it means that they have something. Okay, let me say that again. Just because you know something doesn't mean you have something. Okay, that means just because you know that if I seek God first, all these things will be added to me doesn't mean that that's working in your life. It's like I said earlier during the offering, just because people know Jesus is Lord doesn't mean that that revelation is working in their lives. I've got plenty of friends that believe Jesus died on the cross, but they're not serving him. I have plenty of family and friends. They know that Jesus is the son of God. They know that he died on the cross for all of their sins. They know they can be forgiven, but they're not walking in that truth. It's not enough to know something. It's amazing to me that a church people, Christians, where many times we're content knowing something. And when we come to church and we hear something like a scripture that we've heard all of our life, Matthew 6, right away the file in our brain comes up and goes, oh, I know this. But just because you know it doesn't mean you got it. See, you can, you can know something and not receive the truth of it. So what is it that makes this truth come alive in you? It's when you begin to apply it. Now, last week, the first uh, uh, message in this series, we talked about the, what is a game changer. And we said that saying thank you, being grateful in your life is a game changer. Now, I know that's not a heavy revelation, but you'd be surprised at how many people are hurting because somebody never said thank you. Some marriages right now are on the brink because a wife can't say, honey, thank you for being a hard worker. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being faithful. All she can look at is, you ain't doing this right. You ain't doing that. Well, you walk, oh, you can do that, that, all that. On the other side, there's a wife that is just waiting for her husband to just grab her and say, honey, thank you for taking care of the kids. Thank you for cleaning this house. And I know there's ignorant people that say, mm, why I got to say that? She should know. I'm still here, right? And my man, you are ignorant if you think like that. Because everybody needs to hear the words, thank you. Can I get an amen on that? And we talked about that last week. We also talked about the importance of saying, I'm sorry. 
There are I counsel grown adults that are still in a cage of pain because somebody couldn't apologize. You got to learn to say, I'm sorry when you blow it. And guess what? You will blow it. You'll blow it with your wife. You'll blow it with your kids. You'll blow it with your husband. There will be times where you have to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes to your kids. Yes, kids. I'm going to apologize to my kids. No, see, that's a problem because there will be times when you need to apologize to your kids. You say, why? So they don't grow up hating you. That's good enough reason right there. That's good enough reason right there. Sometimes you got to humble yourself. We talked about the importance of having to to uh, apologize, saying thank you and saying sorry. And the last thing we talked about was the importance. It could be a game changer to ask for help. People don't want to ask for help. We don't want people in our business. I don't want no one to tell me what to do. And those things are game changers. OK, and I, I pray that this past week you went and you activated those in your life. And if you didn't, I want you to make a list. Who do you need to go back and say, I'm sorry to who do you need to call and say thank you? Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. Who do you need to who do you need to speak to and express those things to? Because even though, you know, some people, you know, that doesn't matter. It always feels good. Maybe it's your boss. How many of you went in to your mean old boss and said and said, boss, I just want to thank you for this job and working with me. Well, he don't deserve it. He still needs to hear it. He may not. He may not deserve it, but you need to say it. Because humility, the Bible says, is a game changer. It says that God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. But today we're talking about another game changer. And we see it here in Matthew chapter 6, 33, and that is, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I want to read it to you in the message Bible, starting with verse 30. It says it like this. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax. Look at your neighbor and say, relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works, they fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Verse 34, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. We could go home just on that right there. Let me tell you something. This is a game changer if you can get this in your life. What God is trying to do is raise up a people that will learn to put God first and his kingdom, it says there. Many of us, as I've said, we've grown up knowing this verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and and all these things will be added unto you. And I like what it says here because it says here that people that don't know God are full of concerns. 
Concerns about what they're driving, concerns about where they're going to live, concerns about the clothes, the designer wear, all the things they have. And Jesus is trying to teach us, don't be like them. Don't be like that. Now, he's not against us having nice things. Amen. Amen. Be free from that, too. You know, have nice things. It even says there, hey, he wants you to look good. Come on. Amen. He wants you to have good things. He he clothes the lilies of the valley. He takes care of the flowers. He takes pride in those things. And guess what? You and I, he takes pride in as well. The Bible also says that we're evidence of his goodness because we're his kids. We need to have peace in that. Amen. How many of you know that your kids are evidence of your goodness? So when your kids are jacked up and ratty, and ain't got good clothes and come to come to church all mocoso. Come on. Uh, and and they, they come to church. Their, their hair's not combed like Anya's in their eyes. You know, the shoes ain't matching, you know, all that. You know, wh- who what does that say about you, mom and dad? What does that say about you? I'll tell you what it says about you. You're not loving them right. You're not loving them right. Because it don't take money to wash their face. Hey, soap is cheap. Come on, somebody. It's cheap. Last time I checked, you know, we, and we can make excuses. Well, we just don't have a lot, Pastor. We're poor. No, listen, you know, I've been to Mexico where you're, you're there and, you're, and there's poverty all around, but people are clean. Amen. And you've been there, too. So you know what I'm talking about. But what, the reason I'm getting on that, I'm getting on a bunny trail here, because our kids show the goodness of the parents. Now. If that's how it is here, how do you think God views us? He views us wanting to put us on display. He wants to bless you because if we're always pointing the blessing to God, he gets the glory from it. Somebody comes to the Lord when you're blessed. See, our our lives are like what uh, Frederick Price says, uh, one of the old faith teachers. He says, we're evidence of the goodness of God. That's what we're supposed to be. We should be believing that God is going to bless us. We're evidence of his goodness. And that's what that's what he's saying here. Matthew chapter 630. But there's a principle here that we've got to get. And that's getting things in order. Amen. There's a principle to this thing. You see, many people often talk about getting things in order. The first step to getting your life in order is to make sure you're seeking God and his kingdom first. That's a game changer. That's a game changer. You know how the way the most the way the most Christians in this world live is they get saved and they make God a part of their life. Okay? They make God a part. Amen. Get that phone. Hallelujah. Hola. Come on. That's all right. She's all right. Come on. You're going to help over here, Albert. Mijito's going to help her here. All right. That's all right. That's all right. It's okay. It happens. It happens. Uh, um, man, where was I? Praise God. The first step to getting things in your life is seeking God in his kingdom first. Now, listen, a big reason why Christianity doesn't work right in people's lives is because they, get, they have God as a part of their life. And the Bible says he's to be the center of our life. He's not just to be, supposed to be a part of it. He's supposed to be the thing that takes center stage now, our relationship with God. And that's what seeking God in his kingdom first does. 
So we've got to first understand the kingdom of God. And you've heard me say it over and over. What is the kingdom of God? Many people think, oh, the kingdom of God is heaven. No, it's not. The kingdom of God is basically speaking of what it's speaking there of there in the Bible is God's way of doing things. So what he's saying is seek first God's way of doing things, the ways of the kingdom, the system of the kingdom. So when it talks about the kingdom of God in the New Testament, that's not talking about the kingdom of heaven in heaven. It's talking about the system of the kingdom. How does the kingdom work? And we've talked about that in the kingdom. The way up is down. You want to become great, serve. In the world, the way up is to step on people and, and, and you know, work your magic and, 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 and do all those things to advance yourself. In the kingdom, Jesus said, lay down your life to find it. See, we've got to learn the kingdom because most of us don't take the time to learn the kingdom of God. But remember, in this scripture, the reason it's a game changer is if you'll learn the kingdom of God, all the things everybody else is chasing will just be added to you. Just going to be added to us. We ain't got to work, 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 work to get this and that. And, oh, we're going to get this house and we got to do this. Listen, all those things are great. But when we put God first and his kingdom, we have a promise that God says, I'm going to get it to you. I'm going to get it to you. You're you're never going to run out. Lack won't be a part. I'm going to get you the things you need so your kids can go to college. Somebody better amen me on that. You know, I'm going to get you what you need so your kids are taken care of and there's provision in your life and your career takes off and your business takes off. But first, we've got to put things first. And that is this. Seek first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? God's way of doing things. How does God do things? We've got to learn and give ourselves to those things. Seeking the kingdom first is a game changer. And the first thing you've got to learn about about God's way of doing things is really found in one of the most basic scriptures in the Bible. And that is John 316. And you should know that scripture. You know, you should get that in your heart. Uh, When I was growing up uh, in in a time where there was always this guy with a a rainbow colored afro at all the sporting events. And he always held up a sign that said John 316. How many old school people remember that guy? He'd be at the Super Bowl. He'd be at the NBA finals. He'd be at, uh, you know, Wimbledon. And there he would be with a afro color, rainbow colored afro holding a sign that said John 316. And uh, uh, what John 316 says is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave. You need to understand that that is the foundation of how we are to live our lives. God's way of doing things is illustrated in the life of Jesus. And this is how Jesus lived. God so loved people so much that he gave. I have a question for you today. Are you loving people to the place of giving your time, your money, your attention? Because that's what seeking first the kingdom of God entails. See, we get excited about the promise. Oh, God's going to add everything unto me. But listen, are you seeking first the kingdom? Have you taken up the mission of Jesus Christ? You know, we founded this church on the principle of loving God and lifting others. And I believe the reason God gave us that mission as our statement is because there are too many Christians. And please, I'm not throwing rocks or trying to trying to point fingers. But you and I both know there are too many Christians that they just go to church. They don't do anything for anybody and they just seek their own their own desires. All they're interested in is having a good life for them and theirs. 
And that is not the kingdom of God. That is not the heart of God. Jesus said, listen, he told the Pharisees, the Pharisees were so caught up in keeping all the rules. And Jesus said, man, forget the rules. He said, you want to fulfill all the law and all the commandments? He said, love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. In today's vernacular, that means love God and lift people. Love people. You got to love them to lift them. But, you know, when God gave me that phrase, I asked that question. Well, God, shouldn't it be love people? But he said, you, you don't understand people. It's too easy for people nowadays to say, I love you, but have no action to back it up. People do that. Oh, I love the world, but you ain't doing nothing. You ain't doing nothing. Come on, ladies. You wouldn't go out with a guy that said he loved you, but did nothing for you. I hope you wouldn't. If you would, you need to get to the singles awakening. Praise God. At this point, I'll sponsor you because you, you need you, 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 you need some help. If that if that's that's what you call a man. OK, you need some help if you would be with somebody that does nothing to prove their love to you, because love is a verb. As the saying goes, love takes action. And so and so we've got to understand this, people, you, your life has to be a place that they're a focus of your life, no matter what you're doing, has to be that I give my time, my money and my attention to loving people into the kingdom of God. Every single one of us doesn't matter if you're a doctor, doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, doesn't matter if you're a teacher, doesn't matter what you are, man. Whatever you have, use to love and lift other people. That's the message of the gospel. Maybe you can't preach. Well, you don't have to. But you can coach a basketball team. You can come out and encourage guys. You can come out and supervise, work security. You can do something. Can I get an amen on that? You can give an offering. You could say, hey, I want to give towards this. I have a good job. I want to invest some finances in these things. That's what seeking first the kingdom is all about. And if you'll get it, it's a game changer. If you'll get it, it's a game changer. Because there are so many Christians in church, they ain't got that revelation yet. They know it, but they ain't got it. They know they'll quote it back to you, but they ain't got it. How do you know they haven't got it? Because there's no evidence in their life. There's no evidence they haven't served. They're not serving anybody. They're not giving towards anybody. They only give when it, when it comes in or if I have extra. They haven't learned that every, a part of everything I am and I do must go to somebody else. Man, that's a game-changing revelation when you understand that. Because the Bible has promises attached to that. It says that whoever is a sower will always have seed. You'll always have seed if you're a sower. The moment you stop sowing... The seed, the seed stops flowing. Well, that's a good, that's a rhyme right there. Come on. You could use that, P-Ray. But Godfellas already, that's a, that's a song. That's a song. Amen. I just want royalties. I just want royalties. Amen. So the first thing we must do as Christians is seek God's way of doing it. Are you getting this today? Even though we have needs, we choose to elevate others. Let that marinate for a little bit. Even though we all have needs in here, we still choose to elevate others. Some of us in here are going through it. Yeah, you ain't got to tell nobody. You you, you say, well, how do you know, Pastor? I just know. Some of our marriages in here hanging on by a string. Some of our sanity right now. Some of you just broken, dealing with depression, going through it, you know. But in the midst of all that, in the midst of our pain, 
in the midst of our own struggle to pay the bills, we still put God first. We still seek other people that are hurting. That's why we've never let the fact that we don't have a building yet keep us from ministering. We don't let that. We still go into the nations. We're still going to have outreaches and put out thousands of dollars into this community. But y'all don't have a building because it's not about us. It's about putting first the kingdom of God. And sometimes you do that when you're hurting. Sometimes you do that when you barely got enough. You're still giving. You're, you're, you're tired from work, but you show up and you go out and help out at a, at a basketball outreach. You're tired from life. Things aren't going good, but you still come early to help usher. You still come early to help set up the chairs or hang a curtain or, or serve the kids. See, that part of it right there, it's difficult, but it comes with a promise that when we don't put ourselves first, as we said, one of the principles of the kingdom is that when we put others before us, what did Jesus say? The last will be first. The first will be last. He said, in the kingdom, it's better to give than to receive. See, these are all ways the kingdom works. It don't make sense to the natural mind. It don't make sense that paying my tithes is going to bring finances to me so I can buy a house. The world says, oh, all that money you're giving to the church, you should just save it. Put it in a savings account. You'll get a, you'll get a house that way. But in the kingdom, God says, no, give it, build my house, and I'll build your house. See, these are things that are game changers when you understand, I'm going to seek first God's way of doing things. Changed my life when I began to live this way. Even though you have needs, you choose to elevate others' needs, praying for them, trusting God will take care of, of your needs. That's what the kingdom's about. The whole, you may read the Beatitudes, read what Jesus taught. Jesus taught, don't worry about you, help somebody else, I'll take care of you. I love what one preacher said that said, what you do for others, God will do for you. I live by that. I live by that. The Bible tells us that when one who refreshes will himself be refreshed. See, we're so we're so uh, just so ready to just be refreshed. Refresh me, God. Refresh me, God. Refresh me, God, because we're coming into the kingdom with a worldly mindset. Just give me, give me, give me. God says, get your knee, get your eyes off of what you need. Put it on somebody else's and then I'll take care of yours. Are you? Did you catch that? See, that's a game changer because some of you keep just crying to God. God, help me. Oh, we need this. We need that. Oh, I don't know what the whole thing is, but oh, God, you know, that prayer, that, that prayer cry. Oh, Jesus. Sometimes you need to wipe the tear and go, God, you know, I'm hurting. You know, I have a need. I know if I help somebody else with their need, you'll meet mine. So you dry the tears. You call your friends. How you doing, bro? How's everything going in your life? Ah, man, I'm kind of struggling. Boom. Go into action, putting your need aside, trusting that if I help meet this need, mm, this need right here, God's going to meet my need. See how it's going to happen. Some of you are going to get an incredible breakthrough helping out with this basketball outreach. We've had testimonies of people that go away on a missions trip. They come back to a new car, come back to a new job. You say, well, how does that work? It works because it's the kingdom. Remember, God's way of doing things is different than the world's. And the one thing he's trying to get us to see is put the kingdom first. It's not about us. It's not about our needs. Is it easy? Absolutely not. It's very difficult. 
It's darn near impossible without the help of the Holy Spirit. But we all have the help of the Holy Spirit. So let me give you three things here to operate in this kingdom principle of God's provision. You must first do the following. Number one, this is basic, but listen, I'm not trying to impress you with deep revelation. I'm trying to help you get something that you've always known. Some of you have always known this, but you've never gotten it. Today, I pray you get it, that you own this, that you never have to worry again about, well, is God going to do it? He's going to do it because of you walking in this principle. Amen. It's not enough to know it. We've got to own it. Amen. No amens on that. All right. Y'all left me hanging. That's okay. The first thing you got to do to operate in this kingdom principle of God's provision is get to know your God. Get to know your God. I told you it's not deep, but you need a reminder. You need a reminder because even though some of you, oh, I know that you don't own that because if you did, you'd pray. If you did, you'd crack open that word of God every day. Doesn't take long, doesn't take much. Just crack the word open, shed some light in your life. That's that, that book is the very voice of God. I don't hear God crack the book open every time. I love what Pastor Elson said when he was here. Every time you open the Bible, God is speaking. Every time. Every time you want to hear God crack open the word. Don't get all weird and go stand up around the trees and listen in the silence. No, no. Crack the word open. Crack the word. He's speaking there. All right. Get into your Psalms. Get into your Proverbs. Get into Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. First and second Corinthians, Galatians. Get in there. You need a word. It's in there every day. Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. What he was saying is get in your word. Get to know your God. People who don't know God and the way he works. Listen, they fuss over these things. But you know God and how he works. That's Matthew chapter 632. That's in the message Bible. Jesus was saying people that don't know God and the way he works, they worry over things. My house, my car, my business, my career, all these things. He says, but you know me. My question to you today is this. Do you know him? Because if you know him, as we pray today, worry begins to leave. Now, I'm just going to I'm going to keep it 100 with you. We talked about 100 last year. This is how you keep it 100. Only say that phrase when you're going to expose yourself. Don't say that phrase when you're going to rip somebody up. Cheeto, let me keep it 100. That shirt's garbage. That's not keeping it 100. That, it, that shirt ain't, though. That's a dope shirt. It's blue, too. But that's how, you know, fake people keep it 100. Keep it 100 when you're talking about yourself. And let me keep it 100 with you, okay? This is difficult for me at times. I wake up worried. I wake up concerned. I wake up with the cares of the ministry, the cares of the future, my kids. I wake up and it's there. And it's not until I go to his word for my time with God that that thing lifts. If I don't go to it, it stays with me all day. And I'm a a tough person to be around when that's like that. Don't amen me, babe. Thank you. My wife's about to start waving the hanky. Amen. Preach it. That's the truth. Just keeping it 100. (laughs) Just keeping it 100. It's it's tough. It's it's a struggle. Because, listen, our, 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 our things that we're going through, they're all real. Bills are real. Owning a house and paying the mortgage is real. Securing the loan to get a house is real. Getting a church building is real. 
Having enough in the church budget to pay our staff is real. All our cares are real. So this is difficult for me as well. But the more I go to my word, the more I crack the word, the more I get in there and know my God, the more peace comes into our life, the more you can trust him, the more you can lean on him and get back to the thing of understanding that of what he's talking about in in Matthew chapter six. There is this. God takes care of animals, trees, flowers. He's going to take care of me. Especially because I'm putting the kingdom first. We have so many incredible volunteers and workers here at this church. At our last outreach, I think we, I think we estimated we had close to 90% participation at our last outreach. That is unheard of in most church life. Most churches, it's 10 to 20% of the people do all the work. Not in this house. I believe God's doing something special here. But because of that, I know this, some of us get tired. Some of us get weary getting here at eight and being on the praise team and doing things. But it's, it's words like this. You got to remind yourself. No, I have a promise coming to me. I'm doing the right thing. God's going to meet my needs. And when he meets your needs, recognize it. You know, as I've told you last week, we have a staff here that isn't paid. I'm only paid part time. Every meeting we start our staff meetings, I I say before we get started, who has a praise report of what God, how God's blessing you? We start every meeting recognizing that what we do, it's not about a paycheck. It's about serving God. And when we serve him, he gives us houses. He gives us new cars. He helps us secure loans. He, He does all that because of Matthew chapter six. And some of you with all the hard work you're doing. All the sacrifices you're making, when you begin to get bogged down and worried, you need to stand up and know, say no. Matthew chapter six says, if I seek God first and the ways of the kingdom, he will meet all my needs. Can I get a good strong amen on that? But you got to know him. You got to know him. You got to know him. You got to spend a little time with him. Crack that word open. Make it a habit. Create a place in your house. Create a spot. For you in the word. Create a time in your car. Get that. You know, you back in the day used to have that mix CD. For some of us, it was a cassette tape. Hell holla. Put my little Sony Walkman on if I was going to go work out. Have my playlist. You know, you had that workout playlist, remember? Or how's this when you was going on a date? Uh oh. You had that slow jam playlist. Yeah, I knew I knew maybe you didn't relate to the workout one, but you related to that one. I see some players in here. Amen. Ex players, ex players. Amen. Amen. Now it's I know I'm gonna get somebody in trouble, frankly, but now it's time to have that worship playlist. Them songs that just get you there. You put it in your car. You're praying on the way to work, catching the Holy Ghost in your car. Amen. You need that. You need that time because why? That's your time to get to know your God, because without it, the cares of this world choke us without it. Guys, we become just like the the people out there that don't know Jesus, worried, stressed, going through it. and, 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 And we're not getting the victory. So get to know your God. Number two, get to know your God. Number two, trust God. It's not enough to know him. Now you got to trust him. You got to trust him. 
And trusting him, it's like, you know, back in the day, there used to be that exercise that they would do it at team uh, building things on the job or whatever. And they would try to build trust. Those of you that went to Jamaica last year, they did that there. And you had a team and they're building trust and they get you to stand up on a big thing and they get you to fall back. How many know that takes trust? But what is it? What, what is the process there? The process of really having trust is it's not trust until there's an there's an opportunity for you to, to, to be dropped, to hurt. You know, you're not sure if it's going to work or not. See, many of us say, oh, yeah, I trust God when there's no test before you. But sometimes you got to step out of the boat. We don't, you know, these guys that are going on this missions trip, there's no, they don't have any written proof that God's going to bring the $1,800. There's nothing there. But they've heard a word and they said, I'm going. That's trust. That's trust. As I told you before, I've been paying my tithe now for over 20 years. There's no like written, there's, there's no like uh, physical evidence that that 90% is going to take me further than the 100 but I trust. Are are you catching how this works? You trust. And so many people know God, but they don't trust him. They know God, but they don't trust him. Settle any and all trust issues with God. Trust is faith. Trust is faith. No trust shows no faith. You got to trust him. I like what Proverbs chapter three, verse five uh, says, five and six. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Some of you are facing things and you don't know how you're going to beat it. Trust God. Trust God. Trust him. Obey him. Do what he says. It, may, it, might, it might not make a lot of sense. How's doing that going to help me here? But see, trust God. Trust God. Do what he tells you to do. Do what he tells you to do, and he'll do what you're asking him to do. See, we just want God to listen to us, but we need to learn how to listen to him. Because many times the things he's telling us to do are ways that he's going to bless us through. But if he can't ever get you to do anything you don't want to do, you're in trouble, Bubby. Did I just call you Bubby? I think I did. We were babysitting this uh, yesterday. I'm going to blame that. We were babysitting Gabriel yesterday. And uh, my wife looks over at me because I do good baby talk. It's kind of I think it's part of my tongue in the spirit is baby talk. And we're having full on conversations. And my wife goes, man, he speaks your language. (laughs) Bubby. Amen. All right. So we need to trust the Lord. Okay, trust God. Step out of the boat. Do what's he asking you to do? What's he been asking you to do? We've got to learn how to stop and put him first and listen to those things. And the last thing is this. Seek on purpose daily ways to serve others. Number one was get to know your God. Read his word. Spend time with him. Basic. You've been hearing that since you were three. You know that, but you don't own that. Get that on the inside of you. Number two, trust him. Trust him. Do what his word says. And number three, on purpose, daily, seek ways to serve others. Why is this a game changer? Because until you learn to live for other people, you're going to be limited. You're going to be limited. A selfish life is no life at all. It's not. 
Most people are just living to get their needs met. That's a terrible life. That's a boring life. That's a limited life. Until you make your life about other people, you're going to be limited. And God gives us a promise. Seek first him, the way he does things, and he'll take care of all of our needs. I know I sound like a broken record sometimes, challenging you to get involved, challenging you to sign up for this, sign up for that. And, you know, the worldly voice on the inside, he's just, oh, pastor, just trying to get help. He's trying to build the church. No, I'm trying to get something to you. I'm trying to get you a game-changing, life-changing thing, and you'll see it, that when you begin to do things for other people, God does stuff for you. Talk to some of these people that have gone on a missions trip. They'll tell you there's no feeling like it. You know, we, I was talking to somebody. I think it might have been JB. This was a while back. We were just done with an outreach. And she said, you know, Pastor, it's like I, I get withdrawals sometimes when I haven't gone on a missions trip or I haven't done an outreach. I get those missions withdrawals. I get that high from serving. How many know what I'm talking about? Sometimes after an outreach, many of us will just sit around and we're just on the park and we're just like, praise God. <laughs> Taking it in. It's like, yeah, we got the Chinese eyes. I know. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Man. That was a good one. Did you feel that? Oh, it was good. <laughs> you know, it's true. We do that on the mission strip sometimes. So there'll be some nights we sit around that fire like in Mexico and we're all just there like we've just been blazed or something. Yeah. People getting emotional, sharing their hearts. Oh, praise God. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing feeling, you know. And in Acts chapter 2 talks about, man, the disciples, when they were hit with the Holy Spirit, they, they, they thought they were drunk. It's the same thing. But I challenge you this week, seek on purpose ways to serve other people. Those of you that are members of this church, don't, don't let it just be enough that you come here. Take part. Do something. Serve in an area. Get involved. When there's an outreach opportunity, do something. One of the things we're doing to help in incorporate some of the ladies even in our basketball outreach this year is we're asking for team moms to come forward because we want to get a, a, a female presence on each team, like a mother that will come and bring orange slices for them or just, you know, and you say, orange slices, these kids are 14, 13 years old. You'll see the effects. You'll see the effects. They might act hard. But they, 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 they ain't, there's nobody cutting slices of orange for them at home. You know what they get? Get your own orange. But they come to this thing, and there's, there's a mom there with some Gatorade or some cut oranges or, or bananas when they start cramping up. So, so, you know, we're doing this. Not Listen, I want you to hear this. Not just because it's a need for those kids, although it is. But there's somebody in this church that needs to come out and be a team mom for their sake, for their marriage. For their own kids, for their career, because they need to get their mind off of all their stuff and put it on six kids on a basketball team for two hours a week and see what God will do. Amen. See what God will do. And and come and help me on the keys uh, uh, wherever you're at. I was all confused. I don't know. You know, it, it, it's, it's important. It's, it, those type of things are important. And there's a second group of you here. You do so much. The Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing. The reason I believe this word is being shared for you today is because you need to be reminded. 
of what's coming your way. There's a reason Paul told Timothy, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap. And it might not be until you go to buy a house that you reap. It might not be until your son is trying to get into college and for some reason they accept his application when they rejected the other one that had a better grade point average. I've seen it. You, you don't know when the due season is going to come, but it'll come. You just don't grow weary. Don't be one of these that goes, I'm tired of helping out around here. I'm tired of the children's. I'm tired of having to come on Sundays. I miss the days that we used to go out on the boat on Sundays. Remember those days, babe? Yeah, we used to go out and get drunk and come home and fight. And having dropped $200 on a bar tab. Yeah, ain't nobody ever remembering those times. Devil don't remind you of them times, does he? He just reminds you, oh yeah, we was on the boat. We used to go out on Sundays and have family days. Yeah. But you also missed out on the blessing. The blessing that comes to your life through serving people. So some of you that every week you come in, you do what you do. Don't grow weary because I'm with you. It ain't always a fun thing. There's, there's times you're, you got your stuff you're going through, but you put it down to focus on the needs of others. Listen, remind yourself, when you do that, God's working on your behalf. Amen? You guys receive that today? I know you know the scripture that I shared with you today, but today I want you to move past knowing it and owning it. Because it'll be a game changer if you can learn to activate Matthew chapter 633 and understanding that when you seek first the kingdom of God and how God does things, all the things you need will be added unto you. I want you to just close your eyes for a moment. What are some of the things you need? I want you to picture them. Some of you got some big needs right now. You need your marriage fixed. You need deliverance from depression, sickness in your body. You're going through it emotionally. Some of you have been so consumed with the fact that you're single. That's all you see. It's a need. What are the needs you have? What are the bills that are stacking up? What are the things that you're going through? If we could just get you to take the focus off of those. What I want you to do with your imagination right now, that God's given every man an imagination. I want you to picture the needs that you have in your mind right now. It's a financial need, need for a job, need for a house, whatever it is. I want you to see that in your mind right now. And I want you to now see yourself giving those things over to God and making a decision and saying, God, I'm going to let you take care of my needs. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to get up stressed. And when I do, I'm going to run to your word. I'm going to put this situation in your hands right now. And I want you to just see the Lord taking those things. He's taking them from you. Now, as he takes them, be reminded what the scriptures say. That when God takes something, he returns it in greater quality, quantity, and kind. Every time you give something to the Lord, he returns it in better condition. And you've been worrying and stressing 
Maybe it's a situation that you're, you're dealing with. It's going to turn as it comes into God's hands. Now keep your eyes closed for a moment longer because now God's going to give you something and you need to take it. What is it the Lord is asking you to do now? He took your needs. He's going to meet them. But what is it God is putting in your hands for you to do for the kingdom, for others? Some of you, it might be to sign up for that basketball thing. It might be that missions trip. It might be serving in the church. It might be somebody you're working with that you need to help. It might be somebody on your job that you've been hearing them complain. Whatever it is, I want you to just see yourself right now just taking that assignment from God, taking that willingness to help somebody else. Just take a moment. Just picture yourself. Now, Lord, we receive this assignment from you. And we activate this promise that as we no longer are worried about our stuff, if we'll submit to your assignment, if we'll do what you're calling us to do here, if we'll do what you're calling us to do for somebody else, we trust that all the things that we put in your hands you're going to do. You're going to provide houses for those that have been stressing about buying a home. You're going to provide college tuition. You're going to provide that right relationship. You're going to provide that right job as we continue to do what you're calling us to do. Let's all stand on our feet right now. Did y'all feel that today? It's a shift happened there today. It's a shift in your mind. And you're going to walk out of here and you're going to be reminded, you know, what you gave away is going to try to come back. It always does. Don't feel bad. It's, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to wake up tomorrow. And go, oh, my gosh, this situation. But when you do that, you're going to remember this word. You're going to say, no, God, I put that in your hands and I'm going to do what you're calling me to do right now. I'm going to help this situation, this person this ministry, this thing. I'm going to do something for somebody else and believe that you're going to take care of my needs. Amen? Listen, if you get this today, it's a game changer. It's a game changer because you've been wondering, how am I going to get victory here? How is this going to happen? God, it's not going to happen. You're worried. You're worried. You get this, the game shifts. All of a sudden, things go in your favor because you've taken up his promise his purpose. Y'all catching this today? Come on, let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now. We ask for the grace of God to help us live this word today and change the game in our favor. Every situation we're facing, financially, spiritually, relationally, everything we're going through, Lord God, we pray that as we activate Matthew chapter 6 into our life, as we go beyond knowing it into owning it, you're going to change situations and you're going to change the game in our favor. And we believe this and we declare it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Give God a good praise clap. Come on, clap like you won the game. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have a blessed week. 
Listen, pray for our singles as they go away. They're leaving on Thursday. Pray for safe travels and pray that they get there up and back safely because the weather, we're not sure how the weather is going to be. Been lightning storms up there and all that. Uh, So pray for that. And just pray for breakthrough that God does something incredible in their lives. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to visit the back table and sign up. If you want to jump on that word, maybe God challenged you today, sign up at the back table to help us. And if you're going to the Philippines, meet in the classroom.